0: Okay, good morning everyone. <clears throat> welcome to the life and Torah of our leaders. Tuesday mornings live with First Seder Medrash For more information on this wonderful program, you can contact Rabbi Greenspan and you can look online at firstseder.org. Um, a special welcome to our Torah anytime viewers and listeners who will Hashem, be joining this year. Today we're going to talk about one of the Gidoilem that we mentioned last week a few times, and we've mentioned in the past, and that is Reb Yaakov Mishulam Orenstein, or Orenstein as we would say today, who is known as the Yeshua yis We mentioned him numerous times last week in the She'er on Reb Shalom Akluger. And he was Nifter, <coughs> I actually saw three different dates for his patira. Chavalef, Chavhei, or Chavav, of Menachem, of. However, I found that in the Chassam cipher's Hespid that he gave on the Yeshua's Yaakov, he says that he was Nifter Chavhei of, and this is in the year Tav Kuf Tzadi 1839. So, <clears throat> who was the Yeshua's Yaakov? So his father's name was Reb Mordchezev Arnstein. And in a sefer called Kisve Hagoinim, when it writes about remord Mardchezev, it calls him Hagoin HaMekubal Or Yisrael U Richboy ufarashai So these are great uh, titles written about remord Mardchezev. remord Mardchezev was a son of Reb Moshe, who was the son of Reb Yosef. And therefore, since he was the son of Reb Yosef, he was called Reb Moshe Reb Yoskesh. Y- Yos- like Yaska um, is like a nickname for Yosef and we've had many times that a son is referred to like that for his father. So he was called Reb Moshe, Reb He was Reb Moshe, the son of Reb Yosef. This Reb Moshe was, it's written on his um, Matseva in the city of Zalkava. We mentioned the city last week as well. And it's written on the Matseva of Reb Moshe HaMafursim B'dayroi, very famous, Rabba Da'amah, the great one of his nation, Madabran say he was like the speaker, the spokesman for his nation, HaChacham Hashalim, That's what it says on his mitseva. This is the father of Reb Mordechai the grandfather of the Yeshua's Yaakov. Now, the wife of Reb Moshe, in other words, the Yeshua's Yaakov's grandfather, Her name was, her Hebrew name was Nechama, and Yiddish she was called Naichi, and she was the daughter of Reb Arya Leib, who was a son in law of the Chacham Tzvi. So her grandfather was the the, uh, Chacham Tzvi, and she was also a granddaughter um, of um, the Rebbe Reb Heschel from Krakow. Now, Remort Chazev had two wives. And in the, this, in the different historical accounts, um, I saw contradictions if this was his first wife or his second wife. His wife's name, Harabonis Hatznuah Vamu Forsemes, this is what the uh, Yeshua's Yaakov writes about her, Maras Freida. So this is the Yeshua's Yaakov's mother. Her name was Freida. Bas Reb Shal Harif, Ben Reb Yaakov Harif who was also a son-in-law of the Chacham Tzvi. So he ended up marrying a cousin of his. His wife and himself were both a of the Chacham Tzvi. Now in one place I saw that this was the Zivug Rishon. this was his first wife, and they brought Raya's to that. In other places I saw was his second wife. Um, But it seems to me it must have been his second wife, because... You, um, because in the other accounts it says it was his first wife and she was Nifter and he remarried. The problem is that the Yeshua's Yaakov himself, when he writes in the Hakdama of his Svarim later on in his life, he refers to his mother as Tichya, she's still alive. And in fact, even in one of the Yeshua's Yankev's Svarim, his son writes about my grandmother, Maras Freyda So unless for some reason Tichya was used for a person who was no longer alive, it would seem to me she was still alive, and that would mean that his mother was actually his father's second wife. That makes issues with um, some of his half-siblings from the other wife, some say they were younger than him. It makes other technical problems, but this is uh, the contradictions that I saw. Um, okay, now, who was Remart Tchezev? remart Tchezev was a rub in a city of Yamapol. Again, we're talking about Yeshua Yaakov's father. Yamapol is in the western Ukraine, about 500 kilometers southwest of the city of Lvov. And then in about 1773, in Tafkof he became the Rav in a place called Satnaiv, which is halfway between Lviv and Yamapol. Now, when he was in Yamapol, there's an interesting story that happened. And we were miramas to this long, long time ago when we gave a shir on the hafla, and this was, Dalid Tammuz was his yard site, the Afla, And we gave this year in Tavshin Pei, a year and a half ago. This is before the Torah Anytime days. It wasn't yet on Torah Anytime. It's only, this year is only on my website, RebbeDavideGross.com. So the Haflah, Rep. Alevi Horowitz had to run away from, had to leave his Rabbonus in a place called Lechavitz. And because there was some Achleikas there, I don't think we even mentioned this in the Shirah on the Hafla. And he ended up in the city of Yamapol. And one time, um, Mard Zev saw that the Hafla's wife was doing her own laundry, backbreaking work, because they were so poor. And he decided that it's not a cover that the Aflas should live in such poverty. So he decided that half of his weekly salary as a rav, he's going to give to the Hafla. And, that, um, and that, uh, that is what he did. He supported the Hafla with half of his salary. Now, another interesting thing, and this we did sort of mention in the Shiranath Nafla, and that is if you remember, there was a big tomal in Europe called the Get of Cleave. We came, uh, the of was involved, and others were involved, um, the Pnei Yeshua, if I remember correctly. Um, we talked about in numerous Gedolim Shurim in the Atkufa, the Get of Cleve. Now, um, the, the basic idea was there was a certain Get that all of the Rabbanim of Frankfurt, including the Rav Rav Abish, um, who held that it was not a get, it was shy, if the chassan was, uh, was crazy or not, it was a shaita or not, and um, they, the hafla wanted to write a tshuva against Rababish Abish and the Dayanim of Frankfurt, and saying that it is a get. And he wrote a long tshuva, and then in those days, to get the ink to dry, you would pour some sand on it. Instead of picking up the uh, container that had the sand, he picked up the container that had the ink, the inkwell, and he poured it all over his tshuva. And he felt very bad about it, and he wanted to write a new tshuva. However, Reb Chayzev told him, listen, if that's the bashert, that you poured the dyoy over it, don't write another tshuva. And it happens to be a little bit later in Tauf Kuf, uh, Lamed Bez in 1772, Frankfurt was looking for a new rav, after the Petirah of Reb Abish, and they decided they're not going to take anyone who wrote against rev Abish. In the she'er on the Hafla, I said, anyone who was involved. And I remember my Shver Zechariah in told me, the way I remember the story was, they said they're not going to take anyone who wrote against rev Abish, and if I remember correctly, they said they're not going to take any Ainakluk of the Neideh Bihuda, who was very stark against uh, the Dayanim of Frankfurt. So any descendants, I think, of the Neideh Bihuda, if I remember correctly about that. So, but either way, they said they're not going to take anyone who went against Revabish. And they looked to see if the Hafla rode against Revabish. And they couldn't find the Hafla wrote anything against Revabish. So they ended up taking him as the Rav. So it was all Bashert. And only because Rehmerd Chayzev Orenstein is the one who gave him the Eitzah not to rewrite um, the Tshuva. In 1778, when the Merkevis HaMishna left the city of Lvov to go to Eretz Israel, Rav Hazev was chosen as the Rav in Lvov. Lvov is Lemberg, and Ir Ve'ein Be Yisrael. And um, they say that really his name wasn't but at that time only a certain amount of Jews were allowed to sit and live in Lvov proper. And if you wanted to get a new family to come, a family had to leave. So they had to replace a family with um, for the family of. Reb I don't know why the Merkavas HaMishnah's family didn't count, but and they switched them with a family name Aronstein. So since I guess for the government it wasn't so um, so ayayay what they were doing, so they had to take on the name Aronstein, and that's how they get, got the name Aronstein. This is what they uh, what they say over. So now that was so he was the Rav in Lvov, and that's just for historical uh, purposes here. So Rabyakov Yaakov Mishulam. Who always signs his name on letters, Rab Yaakov? But in the Hakdamah Sefer, he signs Yakov Yaakov Meshulam. He was born around the year Tovkuf Lamid 1770, which would put his father in Yamapol at the time. Now, in the Hakdamah Shuas Yaakov and Evan Ezra, the first one he printed, he writes: "Bimei alduse, when I was younger, albirkei hagoin is Kadalti, I was raised on the on the knees of my father and his humility and his love." Um, made him for me lo an amud pedagogue to a uh, to a trustworthy pedagogue a, a mechanic. he uses that word pedagogue as a mechanic for me he said however i was still young and kava irish my father was nifter viisbedu kobes israel kulam and all of clay israel eulogized him ki their protection had left them um like we said before he was known as a goin mikubal He was from the Gedali Hadar and he was Nifter um, in Teves of 1787 which makes his son, Rabbi Yaakov Yeshua um, in his teenage years about 16-17 years old. So he continues and he writes Amarti and I said I'm now going to be cut off. Who's going to be eyes for me? Who's going to take care of me? But Tzadikim are even greater in their death. Why? The schus of my father after his Patira, stood for me. The days of crying and hespid were not even finished yet. I don't know if it means the shiva, the shlashim, the year. I'm not 100% sure. But he writes the, the the days of Avelos had not finished yet. Naftuli bechiva Hesbit is usually shiva. But Naftuli likim Niftalti Hashem intertwined me in base chaisni with my father in law's house, and I married Bas Chaisni, I'm um, sorry, of my the daughter of my father in law whose name was Sarah, who was his father in law, Meren Rav Tzvi Hirsch Ben Harava Goyin Herz Miyarislav from a city called Yaroslav, which is in southeast Poland, which is about 120 kilometers west of Lvov. If you're noticing, in this whole shear, I'm using Lvov as our basis, for all the different places that we are talking about. Asvani al He gathered me into his to his house Beis Tzadikim, a house of Sadiqim, al divus He was a very wealthy person, his father-in-law and he gave him, he was very generous with him Kol <speaking in> HaSher <Hebrew> Whatever I wanted, a Rav or a, or a friend He hired for me a Chavrusa He hired, he took care of me <speaking in> Belimach <Hebrew> daver. Without anything, I wasn't lacking anything. Shama matzasiyah shava nafshi and over there I found what I love anshe chayel b'melchamta shel people who are able to wage war in the mecham of Taira muflagim talmidim hagunim so not only people to talk to talmidim as well vayamideli and this was made and he's using psukim here as part of his story. We have that it became a standard for Yaakov to give Shurim to these Talmidim. And I showed them, It's not distant. We're able to learn Torah. And he focused very much on Halacha Lemaisa. Now in the Hakdama to the Sefer Hamidois of the Dubna Magid, so the publisher, the one who published it, writes, when I was in Lemberg in Lvov in Tufkuf Tzadi Zion in 1837, which is just two years before the Petira of the Yeshua's Yaakov, he says, the, the Rav, Rab Yaakov, told me the following story. He says, when I was young, and I was being supported at my father-in-law's table, now over there, over there he calls his father-in-law, we called him Rab Tzvi Hersh, he calls him Reb Hersh Val, now, if you remember, in the in the few weeks ago on the Beis Ephraim, we said he was a great great grandson of Reb Shalval, who was Terugdula b'Makamechad. The legend about him: he was the king of Poland for one night. So he was Reb Hirschval was actually also a descendant of Reb Shalval. and he writes over there Shainikra Hersh Maiches. His name he, he was referred to as Reb Hirsch That's how he refers to his father in law. And he writes that the Yeshua's Yaakov had a Chavrusa when he was being in his father-in-law's house whose name was Reb Hershela. Who's Reb Hershela? Reb Hershela he calls him the Rav of Banhad. Ba- Banhad, we talked about this in a shiurim on the Kitzvah way back in the summertime. And this is referring to Reb Tzvi Heller, who was, or he was called Reb Herschel Charif who was the Rav in Banhad. He was also eventually the Rav in Buddha. In Alta Oibin, which is known as Buddha of Budapest, the Mechabra of the Sefer Tiv Gitin he was the Rebbe of the Kitzar Shulchan Aruch. he he adopted him after his, his parents some after he was a yassam and um eventually he was nifter as well his wife, his Almana, became the Chassam Seifer's third wife. So we've mentioned the Rebbe Kharif um numerous times throughout our shiurim. So he was a Chavrusa, this Rebbe Harshala was a Chavrusa of Reb Yaakov when, they, when he was being supported by his father-in-law. So the Yeshua Yaakov told him that me my Chavrusa used to go, the Dubna Magid came to the city of um, he came to the city of Yarislav, and he was there for a few weeks, and every day he would go, they would go listen to his drushas. And in fact, he was hosted by the Yeshua's Yaakov's father in law, so they had a close connection to him. <clears throat> and one day the Dubna maggie told them, Tomorrow don't come to the drusha. So they said, Why? He says, Because this is my last drusha here, and my custom is that in the last drush I give in a place, I give a lot of musr and a and everyone to mamish to cry and to do tshuva and it's very emotional and it's very taxing. And he said, both of you are not very physically strong people. You're weak people and I'm afraid that this jurashah might be detrimental to your health. So they told him, no, don't worry, we'll come, you'll see, we'll be able to, to, to hold ourselves back and we're not going to cry. And he says, Yeshua's Yaakov says, the next day we came into the Besmejish there, he says, it, the Dubner the, Magi the just went up to the podium, to the Bima. He says, I looked at his face, and I couldn't hold myself back anymore. more. says, Yeshua's Yaakov, and I just started to cry. He says, my he was a little more, uh, he was starker than me, he was stronger than me, more stubborn, he actually says, he was Agesh. And he was able to stand, chatsi revashah, half of a quarter of an hour, so about seven or eight minutes, and then he started to cry so much that actually he became sick for a quarter of a year. He was a weak person to start, and he became so sick for a quarter of a year from that Jerusha that the Dubna Magid gave, just to give an idea of what the, how the Dubna Magid was murder people. Then he wrote it, and then he says there that the Yeshua Yakov told me another story with the Dubna Magid. In Yaroslav at that time, there was no rav. So they decided that they want to offer the Rabbonus. So who are they going to offer to? So the Yeshua Yaakov had an uncle. His mother's brother, Herz Charif, he was called, lived there. And he was older. So they offered the Rabbonus to Rabhertz first, even though they really wanted the Yeshuas Yaakov as the Rab. But they said it's not covet. And Herz said, listen, I'm older already. Give it to, give it to, my, to my nephew. However, when Herz's Hertha's heard about it, she said, he's going to be the Rav. From now on, you're going to have to go be Makabal Pnei, your nephew, as the Rav of the city. Uh, it's not Bakavadik. So, when Rabbi Yaakov heard about this, when the Yeshua Siyakov heard about this, he said, okay, I'm not accepting the Rabonus. He gave back the Ksav Rabbanus, and he gave back to his uncle. But the people, the city, felt very bad about it, and they wanted to come with the whole entourage and the Chashuvim to be him to appease the Rabbi Yaakov that they had to, you know, take his uncle instead as the Rav. And it got pushed off, Miyam li'ayim. And one day they decided to go, and he writes over there, and Rabbi Yaakov was going heina ve ba'arman in his palace. Uh, his father-in-law had a big palace that he lived in, and he was walking back and forth in this palace. And he looked out the window, and he saw all the chashuvim coming to him. And he saw that on the way, there was a wagon that they stopped. And all of a sudden, they took an older man, and they brought him up to, the, to Rabbi Yaakov. And who was that older man? That was the Dubner Magid who happened to be coming to the city. And when he walked in, right away, Rabbi Re- Yaakov, the Yeshuos Yaakov, recognized the Dubner Magid. Like we said, he knew him from earlier um, when he was there for those few weeks. And um, the the Chashuvim wanted that the Dubner Magid should help him Mefayas Rabyakov. Yaakov. So Reb, the Dubner Magim told him a whole a whole uh, a whole Vart. I'm not going to go into the whole thing now, but basically he said, on my way up here to you, to, to, to see you, I understood B'sha in the Pasuk, it says that they're no longer going to be, call me Baili Ella Ishi. It says Hashem says, Allah you're not going to call me anymore Baili, my, my husband, rather Ishi, a different terminology of husband. But the basic idea, the Dabna told him, listen, when a Shadchin, you know, is, is, reds a shidduch to someone, with a rub from a small city, they will say, okay, He's from a small city. They say, well, what's the big deal? A big city, a small city. A rav is a rav. There's no real difference, you know, a big city or a small city. A person could say such a thing. But says the But what happens if you read someone a shidduch with Rep Ephraim Zalman Margolis? He was never the rav of a city. So you can't say, oh, what's the big deal? There's other Rep Ephraim Zalmans. There's no other Rep Ephraim Zalmans. There's only one Ephraim Zalman. A rav, you could say big city, small city. He's still a rav. A rav is a rav. So he told him the same thing. If you would become the Rav here, so he'd be Rav in a city. So someone will say, okay, what's the big deal? He's the Rav in a big city called Yaroslav. I'm Rav in a, big, in a small city, but we're all Rabbanim. He said, but if your whole godless is that you're Rabakov, Yaakov Arstein, that's your godless. There's no other of Yaakov Arstein. You don't need a Rabbanist to make you who you are. And that's how he was Mephiacin. With that, he said, shot in the Passock. I, I don't have time to go through the Vart. But um, that was how he was, uh, was Mephiacin. Um, he writes afterwards, he continues in his Akdama, he said, And then I got a Ksav Rabonis from the city of Zalkova. We mentioned before the city of Zalkova, and last week we mentioned as well. And that is about 30 kilometers northeast of Lvov, closer to uh, like a suburb of Lvov. And they accepted me as the Rav and the Moira. He says, When I came there, I found there was full of Batem Midrashim, Kibay Shem Ve'ever. Amarti I said, "Now's the time for me to go over my chidushim that I had written already, and I started with this uh, with tour of Evena Ezer Tamida and I corrected things and we added things. and we, we tested my chidushim bivar anoshim um, I tested all my chidushim with a gathering of great people." Um, so this was about in the year eighteen o two tafkuf samach beis in a haskama that he gave to the sefer sheve Yehuda, which was printed in zalkova zalkova a printing press so they asked him for a uh, they asked him for haskama on the sefer he signs it Yakov ben Hagoin Milovov Chayne Zalkava Zalkova Chaf Menachemov Beis so that's around the time eighteen o two that it became the rub over there in Zalkova. Um. Now, in around the year Tafkuf Samach Vav, a few years later, he writes in his Akdama, the kol nesiyah Eida of Lava'v, the the leaders of the city of Lavov came to me that I should accept to become the Rav in Lava'v, And they, they, they urged me, Lala abam sei to go up on the pedestal of my father, the to fill the shteler, the job of my father, the place of my father. Like we said before, his father was the Rav of Lvov, and now they wanted him to also be the Rav. Now the truth is, his great-great-grandfather on both sides, like we said, was the Chacham Tzvi, was also a Rav in Lvov, so this was like a family Rabbonus. He says, "Poy here, I found an shecham b'mukham shel Tzal Also, many people fighting the wars of Tyra, La yichba b'alayla neira. The light never goes out. They're oisuk in Tzayra kala yoyim b'chal alayla. And he says, "Now's the time for me again to finish what I began, and that is my sefer on Eben Ezer. And a couple years later, in Tavkuf Samachtes in 1809, he printed his sefer Yeshuas Yakov on Eben Ezer. And he says, "Ato Now I'm going to tell you what my sefer is all about. He says, "Wherever the paiskim argue," he says, "I show you where the source of the Machlaikas is, whether it's in the yam Talmud, it's in the it's in the Gemara, or it's if in the words of the paiskim themselves." And he says, sometimes the Paiskim, the words of the Paiskim, the chukim, they seem to be not so easy to understand, or not the simple understanding, Vachar O'ion, but if you delve into it, you'll see Dvar Mamukim, very deep things. Kasher HaResi bekama Mekaymas, and I showed this in many different places. He says, sometimes I also, if I was able to explain the words of the Rambam, and to save him from questions that are asked on him, and he says, but my whole um, point of my sefer was the pesach halacha It's not just a lamdash sefer. I want to have a clear pesach halacha. And sometimes he says, I explained the sugiyos that the mafarshim yilu limzei pesach apnimis that the paiskim couldn't find a uh, a uh, the, the doorway to get into the inner pshat of the sugya to understand it. I explained it, and that is the point of the sefer. Ovichal yoyim befishigura, and every day I have this tefillah. Me'avas Hashem Lahagdul teira laadirah. I ask Hashem shemura that the shamnunius, the fattiness, the the best part of my teira, of my learning, should be Shmura should be guarded. Temuras hayegiya as an exchange or a payment for the toil that I put in, Zutaira v'zuzchara. That's the sechar of my tayra. that the Chidushim people should uh, should recognize them. Um, now, in the Sefer Yeshuas Yaakov and in the Sefer of Chuvas of Yeshuas Yaakov, which we'll see was print, printed many, many years later from a Ksav Yad that the Imre Emes the Ger Rebbe had, you see that he answered many Shilas to many Gedolim and many Kehilois close and far, and to the big Gedolim of his generation, Yeshua Yaakov is considered one of the Gedolim of the generation, as we mentioned last week. Um, now, um, for example, we find that in Aurachaim Shiman Gimel he writes Nishalti Messi Didi Hagoin Remoisha Soifer Abbezdin Pressburg, a Shiloh that he wrote to the Kazam Seifer. And also in Chuvas 7 Ezra, Simon Samach Vav, he writes, Yedid Nafshi, Reb Moshe he was very close with the Chassam Seifer. In many places he brings from his relative, he was a cousin of the Nesivas, Reb Yaakov Milisa. For example, in Evan Ezra Kuf Samach Nishalti Meiz Kvoit Sheri, Hagoyna Mefursim Reb Yaakov, Delisa. Um in, in interesting, in Evan Ezra Kuf yates and from here you'll see that he was asked to weigh in on, on big... Um, Shaylas that were negat to He talks about a story where a lady Nebuch um, lost her mind, became a shaita, and was not be able, was not able to be mikabel a get. So the Bach brings over there a takana from the Rabboni Frankfurt that the husband should give a get to a shliach, make him a shliach lo That if one day she you know becomes normal, he could give her the get. Put aside money for a ksuba, and then he's allowed to marry a second wife, even though he has not yet divorced the first wife. And this was a takana. the Bach says, No agu vadar. So writes Yeshua's Yaakov, New people are coming. Harabonim Hadayanim dekak Lisa. I don't think he writes over there specifically about the Nasivas, but he writes the Rabanim of the city of Lisa, hatakana And they said a chiddish. We know there's a halacha that you cannot make someone a shliach to do something that you cannot do. Now usually that means if you, the mishaleach, are not physically or you're not able halachically to do it, you can't make a shliach to do it. But if I'm able to make a shliach to give the get, the problem is that the woman can't accept the get. Is that a problem in me, the mishaleach? Is that called I am not able to do the shlichus? So the meaning was not that there's no problem. But they wanted to say that no. They wanted to say that you can't do that. And therefore, you can't make a shliach lo'hilacha. Since you can't divorce her now, you can't make a shliach. We mentioned the shilah once before in our Shurim. I can't remember in which year. Maybe it was in the Pnei yeshua. I didn't see it in my notes. Pnei yeshua also was mechadish this khidish. So the Pnei yeshua also went with this chidosh. So the Yeshua's Yaakov is very bothered by this, and after a long, Arichas, he writes, I showed you many tzodim here to rely on Takonas konos Frankfurt, velid da, Lidchais das dayane lisa. So you see that he was, you know, he was asked to weigh in on a big shila between these two great um, cities and their dayane. In Simen Ayin, Hayen Arachayim, Sivkat and Gimel, is where he comes out in Isser on Shetel, on Pei like the sheet of the Be'er Sheva that the Magan Avram brings in Semeni and Hay in Arachayim. Ar- and the Yeshua Ze'akov writes, Anikasafti b'shuva l'chachamech I already read, wrote a chuva excuse me, to one Chacham, She'eniyadeh Madu HaKosav HaMogon Avram She'advarim Duchuyim. The Mogon Avram writes about the Bershava that his Dvarim That That's not the Psa halacha. And the Yeshua Siakov says, I don't know why he wrote that. And he writes a long tshuva over there to support the Bershava. And in fact, if you look in Mishnah bura Simon I in hay. In Sharatzion, Sifkat and Chaf Aleph, in the Mishabura, he brings down that there are Yesh Me'achrayne or The Sharatzian says Bersheva, va'ayin Yeshuas Yaakov. That is this Tshuva in the Yeshuas Yaakov. He's known as one who holds that Shetals are not Tsnius. In Evan, in Yeshuas Yaakov, in Evan Azur Simen Chaf there's a tshuva from his grandson, Reb Tzvi Hersh-Arnstein, well, we'll talk about him in a few moments, and he writes over there, Vashar Hu writes to whomever, that um, what was told to you, um, I'm, um, yeah, he was it's told to you, ki kalti that I was lenient, that Lady should wear a shetel, sheker, it's a lie, and he writes a tshuva to explain how he continues his grandfather's isser. Um, just to mention, we mentioned last week, Reb Yospa from Zolkova, who was the one who told Reb Shalom Kluger to go to Brad, Remember, afterwards they got Haskama from the Yeshua's Yaakov. There are many Chuvus as well to Rabbi Yitzhak of Zalkova um, to the Yeshua's Yaakov throughout the Svarim, another familiar name. Now, one time the Nisivus, Rabbi Yaakov Milisa, and another guy, Rabbi Yosef Usher, who was the Rav of a place called Premishla, once came to the Yeshua's Yaakov and he wasn't home. They were sitting there and someone came with a very Shvera Shaila and he asked the Shaila, and these two Gedilim decided to argue it out. And one came out that it's Mutzar, and one came out that it's Aser. And when the Yeshua's Yaakov came home, so they asked him the shaila, and immediately he paskined like the Nesivas, like Rabbi Yaakov and Elisa, but for a different reason. Not for the reason the Nasivas said. And he showed them the Makar, the source of why he paskins that way. And they were Nishtaimim, they were astounded from his sharpness, from his Bikiyos, from his gainas, And each one of them grabbed, grabbed his hand, one on the right and one on the left. And they both kissed his hands from Rav Avaz that they had for the Yeshua's Yaakov and for his Torah. So just to see the stature that the G'daylim, um that the G'daylim had for him. And like we said last week, in broad, they didn't want to make him a Rav until the Yeshua's Yaakov was maskim to the Rabbonis. Now, at that time in Lvov, the maskilim started making their way into Galicia. Into Galicia. And the maskilim were coming and they started... Um, uh, learning in German and 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 translating things, and the the chief maskil, so to speak, is usually referred to with Rosh Tavis, Shin Yud Resh Shin Yud Resh is Shlomi Yehuda Kayan Rappaport, who happens to be the Ksais Hachoyshen's son-in-law, and there's shuvas from him in the back of the Avne We mentioned him on the She'an the Ksais. Um, but he happened to be the chief maskel, and we'll see exactly what happened to him. And he had a friend who's referred to as Reish Kuf, which is Nachman Kruchmal from Zolkova, um, like we said before. Zolkova is thirty kilometers from Lvov, and the 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 maskilim, the early maskilim, they weren't it wasn't so easy to see that they were off. And in the beginning, um, you know, we said the Ksais was a big misnagid, so this Reb Shalem Yehuda Rappaport was also a big misnagid, and he was writing first against Chasidim for making changes. Eventually, he started write, writing against misnagdim too, that they're too involved in Talmud and Pilpul, and uh, they got together with two other big maskilim in Lvov, Reb Yehuda, Yehuda Leib Mises and Yitzchak Arter, different maskilim, and they started making trouble. And in 1816, um, the Yeshuas Yaakov had enough. They had to fight against them, and, um, and in fact, the Maskilim in Lemberg used to call him the, the, uh, the, the gr- gross inquisitor of Lemberg. They said it in whatever language it was, that they would call him the the, the high inquisitor, the high inquisitor uh, of Lemberg, because he was always out to get them and looking to see what was going on. He made a lot of trouble for the Maskilim, and he put out a harem against them and the Cherem against all the maskilim, but two specifically by name. One of them was a Shleim Arapaport, and there was another one, Hersh Natkish, was another big maskil, and they were specifically mentioned in the Cherem, Shematikim Ashkenaz, they're translating the term into German, V'loimdim Habir and they're learning the, the explanation of Moshe that's Moses Mendelssohn, and uh, they put him in a Cherem Gadol, no one is allowed to come within Daladamus of them. And this Sholem Rapoport had to leave the city, and he went to a city called Tarnopol, which is not so far. There were another big masculine there, Yosef Pearl, and he became the Rav in Tarnopol. There's a letter that they that they wrote to the city of Tarnopol, Tarnopol the people from Lvov, and they said, you should know, he's a Rav Nefesh, Midoisov has his Midas are terrible, over He committed many Averis in public in Lvov. He was he was nichol with the HSA. he was Mzan the HSA. A half a year became the Rav in Tarnipal. He was he he was caught with a married woman. everybody knows about it. So in Nabuch, he 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 fell very very far. Now this Yosef Pearl who um, was the big hotshot in Tarnopol? So he um, he was very rich and he was a big bully. And he uh, snitched to the government against the Yeshuas Yaakov that he made a chayim. According to the government laws, you weren't allowed to put out a chayim, and um, and um, it, it was a big it was a big deal. He they indicted the Yeshuas Yaakov, and um, this Yosef, this I'm sorry, this Yosef Pearl. He saw that, uh, the way they write it, he saw he could bully the poor people of his city, but he couldn't bully the Yeshua's Yaakov. So he went to the Yeshua's Yaakov and he wanted to make peace. He said, Rebbe, he says, "We're we're on a battlefield, us against you. So why should any more blood be spilled? Let us just make peace. We'll make a pshara with each other. We'll make compromises and we'll make peace. And the Yeshua's Yaakov got up and gave a scream and he says, and he says, on which subject do you want to make peace? On Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad? That's where you want to come to compromises and you want to make peace? That's not going to happen. Eventually, because of the government, Yeshua Yaakov was forced to get up in the big shul in, uh, right outside L'Vav and retract the chayrim and also... He had to get up and say in front of the people and also in front of government officials to bring proofs that you're allowed to learn in German. And he didn't speak himself, he had sort of like a microphone, a Maturgamon. So he would whisper whatever he said, and the uh, Maturgamon would say it over in, in German, what he said, and he schlepped it out, and everything he would say, the Rav said this, and Mareinu HaRav said this, and he would say, Rav, boy, say, listen, every like sentence he would give this whole Akdama. Eventually the, the government officials got sick of the whole Arichas and they left, but this is what he was forced to do because of the maskilim. So now that you know that piece of the story, you could understand when he went to print his Sefer on Arachayim, what he writes in Akdamah. In Nakdama of Arachayim, he writes, he really wanted to print his, spread out his tyre in the world. He says, but I remember the old days when Torah was a, a, a crown of royalty for the people who learn it. But now the Kavadah Torah has gone very low. Those, used to, they, oh, those who honor it are being shamed. And Chazal tell us in a place where taira is not chaviva Laimdeo, kaneis, gather yourself in. Don't spread out your taira. So he says, I decided I'm not printing my svarim anymore. He says, but Rabbis, is Belivi, Shkibachar Hashem mm-hmm. biyakev tairasai. He says, but Hashem wanted me to spread the taira. He says, why? Because he used to have his. His manuscript of his Sefar Narraha, I guess, in his house, and he was also I didn't mention this, but Jus Yaakov was also very wealthy because of his father in law. He was Therugdullah He was very wealthy at a big house and people used to come in all the time and they would look at his Svarim. and someone stole the Ksavyad. And he says, when he stole the Ksavyad, he says Vaidar Yaakov Nadar, I made a nader, that if Hashem gets it back to me, I'll print it. It wasn't such a long time that I was groaning. Nimsu it came back. So therefore, um, therefore I decided. I'm sorry. To, I decided to print this, and he says Hashem should protect me and my children, and I should be zeicha to print the other ksavim uh, that I also have. So that's when he printed the Sefer on Arachayim, And then, Yeridein Chayshem Mishpat, his son printed while he was still alive, in 1836, um, Taf Kuf Tzadivav. Now, if you remember, I mentioned before, that in that printing on and Chayshem Mishpat, when his son says, um, he writes, My grandmother, Eim HaMelech, Freida Tichye. So it seems she was still living Um Unless Tichya means that uh, she would have been very old at that time because this is three years before the um, the Yeshua's Yaakov was Nifter um, was Nifter himself. And he was Nifter at the age of about 70. Okay, she could have been in her 80s. Unless Tichya is used for someone who's not alive anymore, which it didn't seem to me that's the way it was in the in the Sefer over there. Now we said before there's also Chuvus from the Yeshua's Yaakov. Now on the Ksharblat on the title page of the Tshuvas of Yisroel Yaakov. It says there are ksavim hayakarim. These these ksavim hayakarim fus were never printed. Adata, and they have been now until now in the base. Gnazay Oitzir admar Migorshlita. In the Imre Amos, Imre Amis had a gigantic library in Warsaw, and um, and um, he had the xavyad and this was printed in 1906 in Tafre Samechvav, which is a good almost 70 years after, um, or 60, 65 years after the Yeshiva Siyaqib was nifter. Asher lacham Vigam z'chushalem edamim mikarim. The Imramus is very wealthy and that's why it's such a big uh, library and he purchased the Ksav of these Chuvas and the s'chus to print them for a lot of money, this manuscript is very old, this is the actual writing of the Yeshua Yaakov um, himself. So we have here the Yeshua Aruch printed in his lifetime, and we have here his Chuvas, uh, there's also a Sefer al that was printed, and there's Chidushim that's been printed from him as well. In Tovkuv Kuv Tzadizayin, um, 1837, or it's, I'm sorry, the end of 1836, in Yud Zayin, Cheshvan, his only son, Remord Chazev, named after his father, was Nifter. And the Yeshua's Yaakov eulogized him, and he used the Gemara in Sukkot of that says, for four things, the Chama is like, a, for because of four things, the sun um, is struck, and there's sar for it. One of them is avvez in shemeis veinanispeh kalacha, a rav who dies and he's not eulogized properly. And he says an interesting take on this gemara. He says, "What does it mean he's not usual eulogized kalacha?" He says the normal way of the world and the halacha, so to speak, meaning the halach yelech, the normal way of the world is that a son eulogizes his father. But now it's the opposite. It's not kalacha. It's not the normal way. A father never has to eulogize his son. It's such a tsar that even the moires, even the luminaries, are have pain over that. They're like a, even they have tsar on such a tragedy. However, his grandson, Remard Chayzev, had a son named Reb Tzvi Hirsch Orenstein. We mentioned him before. He has some tshuvas in the Yeshuas Yakov Yaakov. Remard Chayzev, his son, also has tshuvas in Chidushim, um, you um, um, throughout the Yeshua's Yaakov, interspersed throughout the Yeshua's Yaakov. So, but uh, he was happy at least that he had a grandson, Ritzvi Hirsch, Arnstein. Less than three years later, on Chav Ches Menachemov of Toph Kuf Tzadites of 18... I'm sorry, Chofhei Menachemov of Toph Kuf Tes of 1839, the Yeshua's Yaakov was nifter. It seemed he was pretty heartbroken for the, because of the betira of his son. And the Chassam Soifer, about a month later, on Chav Vav Elul, of Tafkov Sadik Tes, which is just about a month before the Chassam Soifer's own Petira, in the end of Tishrei Chafei Tishrei of Tav Reish, um, he eulogizes him and he says, he has a hespid, Choritz mm-hmm. Muflog, he was diligent, and vason Tzadik, Taira Gedula he says he stood up for Torah values. Vatav miyokim liyimereyim and liyimpeilyavin. Who's going to stand with me against everyone? If you remember, last week we said that um, around this time, R. Kiveger been Nifter a little bit before the Yishuas Yaakov, and then the Sam Soifer, and that's we said R. Shlaime was left uh, by himself as the gadol hadar, so to speak. Um, after his Petira, he was buried in Lavav, and after his Petira the, the city, city decided they're not going to take another Av Bezdin, or another Rav in his place. I don't know for how long that was supposed to happen. Instead, they appointed one of the Dayanim of the city that he'll answer Shilas. They called him Reish Bezdin, but not Av Bezdin. This was someone named Reb in Ellenberg, but that job didn't last very long. He had to give up the job um, uh, after a little bit of time, and chosen in his place was Rabbi Yusuf Shol Natanzin, the Baal Sholomeshiv, who was a nephew through marriage of the Yeshuas Yakov. They made him actually the Avvezdin. So again, it was kept in the family. The Sholomeshiv, after he was Nifter, the Reb Tzvi Hersh Arenstein, Reb Yakov's Yaakov's grandson, as we mentioned before, who had been a Rav in Brisk, and other places became the Rav in Lvov, keeping this rabbanus in the family. So... This is Rebbe Yeshuis Yaakov, Rebbe Yaakov Mishulam Arnstein from the G'dayli Hadar at the time. And Be'ez HaShem, next week we will continue with this Rabbanus in Lavov and talk Be'ez HaShem about Reb Yosef Shal Natanzin, the Baal Shalom Meshiv Shchusa Yogen Aleinu Yisrael. Have a wonderful day and an easy tainas everyone. Kal tup.